Introducing our new series of videos, The Rundown. Three-time NFR qualifier Tyler Wade and I have a conversation where you get a unique insight of him breaking down his runs and reliving some of the moments from the recent rodeos. Watch the full version with the videos at xfactorroping.com or you can download the X-Factor Roping app in any of the major app stores or smart TV devices. Use the code RUNDOWN for a three-day free trial plus 15% off a yearly membership. That's R-U-N-D-O-W-N. You know, the one thing I wanted to to talk to you about this before we can really get rolling into everything is I'm, I think, you you know, one thing about you as a header, um, you, you come from a healing background, right? Yeah. So your swing has more angle on it than your normal guy that probably would start out just heading first or heading quite a bit first. And I think... What the the first thing we I'd like to talk about is you know your swing has a little more angle on it than maybe even what you would teach in like schools or lessons to people, but doesn't that allow you to really reach like you can get your rope broke over and your your tips higher in the air and pointed to the to the right a little bit more with more angle is usually what that means. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I to tell you the truth, it just it I don't know. It's kind of naturally that way. I haven't really practiced it or try to get over over there or anything and just kind of I would almost say it's one of my biggest weaknesses too at a time like when when I'm trying to reach the steer steps lift if my angles over that way too much when I throw I can't get it back across to the left as good but but I think I can rope them a long ways away to the right where a lot of people struggle with that it doesn't it doesn't affect me as much to the right but if I could flatten it out just to take more, I think it would give me a lot better coverage too. Yeah. Well, I think that's, there's, there's a lot to this, right? Cause, um, heading everyone and in, in roping in general, everyone wants to tweak on their swings and, and really work on, work on things and, and try to have this, this perfect swing. But one thing that I, I think you've done so well, man, is you have worked on your swing and you, you know where your weaknesses are at and, and go into this, I don't honestly think there's maybe there's not more than five guys that have roped more steers than you heading wise in the last four or five years. I, I can almost guarantee it. Right. I mean, you you where you rope every single day and work on it every single day. I truly believe it has gotten you to the point where you have mastered your swing and you know when you can catch and when you cannot catch. Do you, do you kind of feel that way about yours? No, I mean. I appreciate it, but you know how it is. You don't ever think you got it mastered, but I do think like, uh, like you said that we've run enough series now that we know our job, you know, we trust in what we practice and we trust in what we do. And when we compete, you know, whatever the scenario is, we're ready for it because we, you know, we've done it so much, but I, uh, I always try to work on some stuff in that swing right there. If it's too far to the left, that has cost me a lot the first two NFRs before I really learned how to line it out just because it was a whole different, uh, I guess you could say like the, the setup of the arena and the throw you got was different than anywhere else you'd ever get. Cause the barrier is so short that you're a lot closer. You're throwing fast, but you're pretty close to them. And I'm used to throwing fast with them a long ways away. And then, my angle was kind of thrown off 
before the finals and I had to learn to cock my rope better. But uh, over time, I've kind of, uh, at the last time I made the finals, it was a lot easier. I kind of got it lined out and it was like a light clicked on when I was out there. But you no, know, go into that, man. I, I just think what I've noticed with your heading and I know like mastering it, when I say that, I mean it like, you know how to catch steers almost in every situation. Now we're all going to make mistakes and, and, you know, that's just part of the game. But I feel like, man, you, you have really worked on it and refined your, your swing down, which is, it's, it's different. And then you've made it to where it works in all situations. And, and that's like what I, you know, what I really wanted to talk about There'll There'll be a few runs in here today, like where you've got a just catch scenario. And then there's, you know, we're showing the runs from, I tried to put it together from everything you've sent me from about the 4th of July to, um, you know, to Caldwell. And, uh, and so there's a lot of different looks and that's, that's kind of something we're going to go in today, but that, that's one thing I wanted to talk about is you, you know, your game is, I, I know you've kind of got that reputation as a, as a bomber and a guy that can really reach, but man, there's so much more to your head than that. And there's so many little details and, and I mean, I, I'm going to start it off with this, this St. Paul rodeo, you know, you've got trees in the way, um, you got all kinds of stuff going on on these, these first couple of runs, but man, my, my first thing that I wanted to talk about is heading at these rodeos in these two headers, right? St. Paul's two header back to back the 4th of July, everyone is roping really, really well. So the runs you need to make to win are aggressive type of runs. So take me through your mentality as a, as a header. What, what do you try to do? Like what's, what's the game plan at these, these big rodeos that are two headers right here? You know, it's not everybody's plan, and, and I think you got to rope your game, you know, whatever that is. And the best guys out here, man, they can do both. They can they can get close. They can be four flat, five flat, six flat, whatever they got to do to win, they can do. And uh, the round here pays like 3000 I think, and uh, the average is time and a half, so the average will pay 4500 But uh, usually to get anything in the average, you're going to have to place in the rounds. And honestly, the, the easiest round to get is the first one. There's not quite as many people that try it. Nobody knows the steers yet. The second rounds are always tough. When teams go out, they know their steer, they're ready. Uh, I usually try to go at the first one if I can. And uh, like right here, uh, that was the first, we were one of the first teams out in the first slack. And we were 4-6, and I, I think we won the round or one second, one of the two. But, man, it, it just set us up to do really good in the rodeo and like i said i i wrote the half head right there i didn't throw the best loop but we hadn't won anything yet we've only been to a few and the only thing i tried to do right there was make sure to get out ride my horse and then just react and uh i seen a throw and took it and as soon as trey had a shot he healed him good and uh those two horses together i think they finished really good too which helps us a ton yeah, so let's talk about these two horses, man, because um, I'm pretty impressed with this head horse and, and this heel horse as well. Well, JDH trained them both, and uh, I think the Buckskin's 15 this year. He hasn't really been hauled a ton, uh, but when my horse went down for a couple months, I had a few I really liked, but none of them were ready <coughs> for that shot for the rodeo runs, that sort of thing. And uh I ran a few on him, man, and loved him. He's just so easy and forgiving, and he's got plenty of speed. But what that horse 
does is he lets you do whatever you want to do. Like if you want to go to him, he'll do that. If you want to reach however far you got to score him, he, he does it all. And that being said, like what he does right here is he leaves hard. He gives you a good throw. And then you, you can, you can pretty much keep the steer's head the whole time and not even really be concerned with facing that much. Cause he's going to help keep the rope tight when he keeps his hips coming around. And, uh, like I said, so when I got him legal right there, Trey's in a good spot. That little bay really takes a dirt good. Even when Trey doesn't throw it his fastest, he comes tight fast. And, and man, he just knows how to catch steers, and he's freaking good at it. And he shuts the run down fast enough that when I bring my horse around right there, the ropes are tight, and we're, we're waiting on the flag. We're not hoping to get one. Uh, the only thing I got to do is to make sure to keep the head rope tight the whole time because those flaggers, if that head rope hits the ground or gets loose, they make sure you're good. They recheck the healer. It just seems like it takes three or four more tents. And uh, I think four, six right here won 3,000. And I think five, one might have won 1,000. You know, there's just a huge difference right here in a couple tents. Absolutely, man. And I think that's um, part of building a, a team, right? You, you got to have. Uh chemistry right and what i like about this is when you can go to the rodeos and you got you you can be aggressive and you can kind of go catch but if you turn one to win a ton of money and your guy doesn't press or force a shot and he knows he can go the extra swing and still you play to your horses and get a couple extra tents as opposed to taking a ton of risk i think that allows you to win at rodeos and in the checks might not be as big Sometimes, you know, if they do, if you, one of you guys got to take an extra swing, but you're still just as snappy as a team that might not have made that, you know, they can make that same type of run. You know, you, you take all the risk and then if you don't finish good enough, it doesn't matter. The guy that took less risk and finished stronger, he'd probably come out ahead in the long run anyway. That being said, just like we're talking about, uh, a header has got to be able to know how to reach, to go fast and to just catch and do it all. Well, you got to have that horse that lets you do that too. That horse that lets you go at the first one and be four flat. And then maybe even do it on the second one. And again and again. And then when you need to go be seven, he runs right back up to the hip and lets you do that. All while scoring good, giving you a throw when you want. I mean, that's why these horses are so hard to find, so hard to come by. And that's why they cost so much is, you know, that head horse right there and the heel horse, you know, they let us win whenever we want. and. So we got a header, a head horse, a steer, a healer, and his horse. All these things are crucial, I guess you could say, but, but we have to draw the steer and to make it all work. But when your horse gives you a throw every time and it's just on you to head him, it makes it a lot easier. Then, then the draw comes into play, and if you draw 70% chances, you know, it, it's on you to win. And – uh. Like I said, Trey hadn't hardly missed any of this this year. And uh, that horse has given me a throw every time, which boosts my percentages up too. One thing about St. Paul, when we're talking about horses, these boxes are narrow. I, I honestly don't know of a deeper, narrower box. I mean, I, I'm sure there are some throughout the year, but I mean, the move's decently long. Is it, isn't it one over over there? Or is it an even start? Yeah, No, it's one over. I think it's like a, I want to say a, 17 and a half foot box and the barriers one over but uh with that pole right there to my left it you know it's kind of hard to get a swing off in the box too as narrow as it is 
And uh, and this specific steer, I knew we were good in the first round, at least for a little bit of money. And uh, that steer was a little bit stronger. And to tell you the truth, I, I just went ahead and seen my start anyways, and he beat me. And uh, when I run him down here in a second, we just kind of go survival mode. Like I just went out, try to get to him and get paid. And I think we wind up winning maybe fourth than the average fourth roughly but with that first round day money of three thousand and then fourth in the average for another three that you know they give us six thousand out of one rodeo which is huge and uh you know but without the day money in the first round and making this run we might have won a thousand bucks in the average total so i mean that's kind of why i feel like you need to kind of go at the first one and then you set yourself up for success and if our steer was better or if i'd have got a better start you know, we might have capitalized and won the actual rodeo, but uh, we kind of had enough room right here to when I realized, hey, you're not going to get the throw you want to just keep riding, take one more and and take what they give you in the average. And uh, that's just a part of make a living with your rope and then having a horse, too, that lets you go catch him because a lot a lot of horses that, you know, they're they're one dimensional. You can only go fast on them, you know, or you can only catch on them. And, fortunate enough that horse lets you kind of do both i mean i don't think you could do this a few years ago i i I mean a few years ago i feel like you you take a poor shot at that steer and might miss him i mean uh, honestly i think that's that's the difference between you and and like three or four years ago right is now you can go to that extra swing and uh and you ride your horse so well so you you're now have become a header that that can look for that shot and kind of make it happen like you did in the first round. And then you've been to these rodeos enough and have enough experience that, you know, I mean this, if you're up in the first set at St. Paul, you got 60 or 70 teams still behind you to go, you know? So you just kind of, you don't really know what it's going to take to win it. Like you think you might win good in the first round, but you don't really know. And, uh, same in the average right there. So, you know, you, this is the one thing that I like about that is to go from using your rope, early in the first run and then making using your horse to handle the steer and finish and still be snappy then to come back on the second steer and use your horse the whole time and go make that extra three thousand bucks i mean that's those are that's i think that's high level heading right i think that is what it takes to win at the highest level man i i think so too and like you know before i didn't have the experience uh you know, the best way for me to learn is learning from my own mistakes, I guess you can say. And just uh, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. So, like, if you, whatever you got to change up, you know, to win is what you need to do. And, uh, you know, for a long time, I knew I needed to work on my catching. So, practicing, I never went fast because I felt like that was my strongest point and catching was my weak, weakest point. So, uh you know, now to this day, I still feel like maybe riding my horse, I'm not as good at it as I need to be. So, you know, I focus on that a lot or whatever it is. You know, you got to focus on your weakness. But, um, you know, just just like understanding the payout and realizing that, you know, the like in my opinion, the first round's easiest and then whatever you get in the average is a bonus. And uh, sometimes the steer lets you win it. Sometimes it doesn't. That one right there at St. Paul, he, I missed the barrier and the, kind of threw a chance of winning it out the window, but sometimes you just got to buckle down and get paid. Well, 6,000 at a rodeo 
<clears throat> roughly you do that 12 times, um, that's, that's a trip to the NFR. You know what I mean? So you're in good shape. You got to do that 11 more times. And, you know, you, you got to consider that that second run, there wasn't a lot of risk. You know, you, you kind of were off the barrier just enough. So it wasn't like there was a lot of risk early in the run. You know, it was just, you just had a, you just used your horses, you know, and, and you're, man, that's, I, I think that's great. Yeah. Um, this is a perspective I've never really thought about until you, you've brought this up to me is trying to get after them in these first couple of rounds and in, in the first round, especially, sorry. Uh, and I, and I like it because it, it kind of keeps you within a run, right? So the 4th of July is, I think it's the hardest week to win money just because everyone is still okay mentally. Like you haven't seen the guys out there having their mental breakdowns and you know, your ho their horses are still working good, you know, like everything's, they're, they're still pretty optimistic. There's 30 guys that they still believe they can do it. Right. And, uh, yeah. And, and their horses are good. And, but you know, so the runs are fast. And then we go to rodeos like right here. Um, this is, um, Belfouche, right? Belfouche. And yep. uh, usually at Belfouche, last last year it was two over and the steers were pretty strong. I don't know what it was this year. What did they What did they set the barrier at? It was one over, and uh, honestly, there were some Mexican steers that run pretty dang good. Uh, most of them ran hard. Uh, you know, a lot of people don't don't know. You think you just go to the rodeo and make the best run you can, but we decided to take. Uh, we went to Greeley first and Greeley had one steer for everybody entered and it was a one header. So honestly, as long as you got to watch the barrier, it wasn't as crucial to know when to, to be up at the front or at the end. Uh, St. Paul's a two header. So they have to bring one steer for everybody in the first round. Uh, granted the steers might change when the weather changes and first one thing, another, but overall it's pretty consistent, but Belfouche is a one header with a hundred teams and they brought half enough steers. So this steer we're about to run right here is a rerun. They've already ran him once and was five, two on him. So we understood that he was a little bit better than some of the other ones. And, uh, you know, it kind of gave me the chance to relax and make sure I was out of the barrier and then kind of play the steer for what he is. But, uh, that's just part of rodeo and, you know, getting upright, you know, if you can, it's, it's hard to make it all work sometimes and it doesn't always go your way, but overall you, you know, you need a rerun at the big one headers and, uh, that's where most of the money's won man. Right. So let's talk about the start. Cause we're, we're going to say things like an even start one over two over, um, things like that. So going into this, when you go off the measurements of the barrier and we say an even start. So if it's a 17 foot box, that means the barrier is 17 feet long. And then usually yep. as a header, you've got a pretty good reference point for what you score at on an even start, uh, a one under a two under and this vice versa as a one over and a two over. So we've got a fresh steers on one over, um, is, is long. It's a long barrier. You know, you don't see that at hardly any amateurs ever. Um, no jackpots, uh, have it that I'm aware of with a, with, even with a pole barrier that I, that I'm know about. So no, it's, it's roughly probably one of the longest barriers is one over on fresher running steers uh sometimes they'll make it two over and then it kind of becomes a drawing contest on which steers kind of lope and which one runs but yeah that's that's generally the problem is the barrier gets longer the lopers still lope and the runners just get more confident um so yeah. uh you know if it's two over 
the steers usually have to be a great set of steers and the you know they're just trying to give these steers a chance to to get away from them but what what's crazy is when you get a hundred teams this is what rodeo is actually like now you get a hundred teams you've got fresh and brand steers so probably some of the best steers you can have but they're strong and you go one over do you like them stepping a little bit left when the barrier is long like this man honestly i i want him straight the whole time uh and the reason being is I don't want the steer to change direction in my delivery. And if, you know, if you're throwing four coils at him and you're headed, at, headed your loop right to him and he steps in the middle of it, which is very possible, I usually split the horns. But honestly, Trey has such a good heel horse and, and quite a few of them. And he's got confidence to let those steers go straight for me, but then his horse still catch up to give him the throw he needs. And, uh, all the while making sure that I don't handle him too fast where he can, you know, he's not going to get left behind, I guess you could say. But uh, I get caught doing it sometimes and it's unintentional. But when I bring my rope up fast, I pull a little bit to the inside and I throw my horse closer to the pin than he needs to be. Ideally, I want to break right down the center of the box. And sometimes when I head kind of a little too far to the chute and then the steer takes a step to the left i'm right behind him and it's not not a, a, exactly where i want to be but uh luckily the steer right here stays straight and like i said this is one of the better steers and he's still not slow but when i come out right here he's running his dead straight i missed the bear maybe just a tick but everything was true and consistent i left good my swing was on on point my horse was running and he gave me a chance to throw right there. And this buckskin, man, he can get them legal really fast. And when he comes around right there, like he said, he keeps the head rope tight. And everything's pretty fluent. And we're just kind of waiting on a flag. The thing about that is you you kind of get in a situation where he he's out there in front of both of you guys. And he gets – this is probably the one of the steers you hit just a little bit harder when you're you know you're getting his head and and really that's because of how fresh these steers are they they don't take it as well you know they haven't been roped as many times so you know when you're putting it on the horn this steer takes a big move and i gotta say man this is one of the better heel shots uh you, you, this tray man he's heel great but that steer i mean he opens up good but it's just really fast you know the, the move on it's just really drastic and i think that's I mean, that's what it's like now, right? I mean, this is the type of run that the team has to be able to make to win money at a 100-team open rodeo one-header, right? We lost this rodeo. We won second and first uh, beat us by six-tenths, if that tells you how fast it's gotten. Uh, and I'm pretty sure they're still run harder. Uh, Clay Smith had one that ran in the last perf. He knew he ran. So, like you said, that rerun comes into play. Even if he didn't draw the best steer, he got a really good start because he knew he ran so hard. And then they made a heck of a run and was 3-7 and won the rodeo. It's pretty crazy, man. <laughs> but uh, it's pretty cool right here. I'll tell you what Trey does is he doesn't get in the best spot, and he cowboys up and crawls over the front of his horse, and he puts it down there in a hurry. It was uh, when I faced, I looked back, he was smiling. He, he knew that was a pretty radical run, but it was kind of cool and fun to make anyways. Yeah. I mean, this run is, is awesome. Like I said, and it's right there. He's, it just gets a little bit, 
it's just it's just an awkward spot to to be like healing like you said he's leaving them steers out in front of you um and trying to keep them all real straight and you can see it the whole time as he clears the box he's not pushing on that steer at all and he's kicking and uh and man i i gotta say as as a healer um i've haven't healed very many but enough to know that when you got a guy like you that can really reach and to not be aggressive at this like when I say not aggressive, but like letting the steers start, you got to have a lot of trust in your horse to get there, man. Cause you, you know, that, sh that shot right there is, is not easy to get there and make. He does a good job, not panicking. That's for sure. But, uh, I didn't handle that one the best, but I mean, honestly, just trusting in his horse and me to his horse to get him there and me not to leave him hanging. I mean, he does a good job of letting me do my deal and then coming in there and cleaning them up however it needs to. Thanks again for listening, and to watch the full episode with the videos, go to xfactorroping.com, or you can download the X Factor Roping app in any of the major app stores or smart TV devices. And don't forget to use that code RUNDOWN for a three-day free trial and 15% off your yearly membership.